listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I want to talk today about limiting beliefs, but I want to talk about the ones that perhaps aren't as obvious. So the ones that are obvious, like I don't feel that I can do something or I don't feel that I could ever be happy or I can't. Or it could be that you don't feel good enough or deserving. Those are the types that we know quite a lot about. And they're easy to spot because you catch yourself saying them or you hear somebody else saying them. And those kind of limiting beliefs are really important. But I want to just kind of veer off to ones that are even more hidden. Now, Just before you have a limiting belief, there's a limiting decision. So it's like the mind says, have I got enough evidence to believe this belief? Have I got enough to make it into a belief? Because a limiting belief and any other belief will feel exactly the same. It'll feel strong. It'll feel true. And until you have something that makes you question yourself, you won't think of it as limiting belief. Just before that belief gets set in stone then, there is a decision. Shall I believe it? Have I got enough evidence? Or shall I not? Is it a one-off? Is it a fluke? And so just before you get the limiting belief, you make that limiting decision. So the two things that I want to talk about are highly controversial. You may not agree with them and that's absolutely fine, but there's certainly something to think about. So the first one is physiological issues. So physical issues in our body, could they be the result of a limiting belief. So some people believe that many issues that result in physiological symptoms have their roots in a decision to have that particular symptom. So this could be, for example, let's think of something that's that's very easy to buy into and agree with, Let's say you have got a particular task that you've got to do at work and you really don't want to do it and it's looming large in the future and you're thinking about it, you're getting drawn into thinking about it, you're fed up of thinking about it, it's stressing you out. It's possible to decide to not feel very well that day. And I don't just mean that you have a duvet day, but that you actually start to feel unwell. You start to place a lot of attention on whether you've got a headache or a tummy ache, or whether you feel like you've got a cold coming on, or whatever it is. And you kind of build it up. And I think that that kind of limiting decision, 
most people, even if they've not had that kind of limiting belief or limiting decision themselves, they can well understand that other people could do it. So it could be that you kind of help your body along to give you a bit of a sniffle or some kind of excuse that you don't need to go and do that task. And that's the end of the spectrum, if you like, that most people can enter into. Most people understand that and agree that even if it's not been a personal thing to them, that they could agree that other people, it's completely possible that they may have done that in the past. At the other end of the spectrum, for physiological issues, in some branches of NLP, it's the belief that most physiological conditions, even the ones that you would consider a disease, or some kind of infection, are the result of you deciding to have that particular condition. And that's where it gets really controversial. And that's where it perhaps is a little bit difficult to believe in it wholeheartedly, although you may do. And as I say, in some branches of NLP, this is taught as a be-all and end-all, and this is a definite that disease, conditions, anything at all from diabetes to insomnia to AIDS even have a root cause in a decision that was made in the mind probably very, very unconsciously and outside of awareness but nevertheless could be thought of as a decision that was made for whatever reason that then led to that condition. So I think for me personally, I take a step back from that very far end of the spectrum, but I can well believe that people bring on certain things, especially tummy bugs and colds and those types of things, to stop them from doing something, repeating or going to a clinic And again, this thing has loomed large on the horizon, caused nerves, made them think about it, maybe they're dreaming about it, and all of a sudden you get a cold or you're bedridden or something else that stops you going. And I can well understand that the mind, looking at it from a very logical but also a very emotional perspective would say, look, if this is causing so much stress and anxiety and this isn't required for you to, you know, pay the mortgage and pay the bills, then I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you somehow in your tracks because you're just kind of going headlong into this clinic or competition or lesson or whatever it is and you don't really want to do the signals that you're sending to me, your mind, is that you really don't want to do it and it's something really scary and something really, really unpleasant. So I'm going to help you along a little bit and I'm going to make the decision for you. I'm going to make the decision to have you incapacitated in some way. 
And I can really understand that. And I can really understand the mind, especially the mind-body connection, somehow contriving that, possibly misunderstanding what you actually want, that you do really want to go, even though it's making you feel quite nervous. But giving you that excuse, that block, that you absolutely can't go. Have a little think about whether that's ever happened to you. Because when I do the trainings, it's happened to most people or they know somebody it's happened to. And it's not done necessarily consciously. It's not within your awareness. It comes on and you're half or maybe more relieved, you know, because you can't do it. And it's almost like, well, it's out of my hands. Did my best, signed up for the thing, but I couldn't go. And that that relief is telling you probably that actually something happened inside your mind to really put the block onto you. The second one is equally controversial. So again, you could take this on a very weakened level or you can take it right through the spectrum to the absolute strongest level of this thinking. And this is another type of limiting belief. And this is accidents. And many events in somebody's past, again, are the results of decisions that were made that preceded the accident actually happening. Again, completely outside of your awareness, completely outside of you doing it on purpose or wanting it on a conscious level to happen. Think about somebody who, again, is heading towards something they really, really, really don't want to do. Then is it possible that the mind could create an accident of sorts? Is it possible that the mind thinks, I'm going to put a block on you and this is the block I'm going to put onto you? And again, I can see it for certain circumstances. I'm not sure that I take it on board wholesale. And I think there are accidents for which we probably do not know a reason. You can't say that you were trying to get out of something or that your body was trying to stop you doing something or that your mind decided you needed some kind of break and you needed to take a pause. But I think if we talk about it quite superficially and we think about times when an accident has happened and it has stopped you, or maybe it's not been a bad accident, but it's made you think. It's maybe thinking about, is this the right horse for me? Because otherwise maybe you wouldn't have thought that, you would have carried on. Is it helping to think about what you really want to do? Are you putting yourself under too much pressure? Are you in some way doing something that you don't really want to do 
It could be that you're doing it for somebody else or you're even doing it for your horse. If you've got a schoolmaster and you're thinking, well, my horse really deserves to be out and about and I I need to do that for my horse. Are there things that have made you stop and think about it? And I'm not talking about necessarily injuries here but that you have had an accident, maybe the horse has stood on your toe, it hasn't been too bad a thing, but it has made you change your mind or open up your thinking or start to think in some way. I want to give you a real life example of this. When I was having a lesson I was having a jumping lesson. We were jumping a double. The horse had jumped the particular double at a certain height a number of times. We'd gone one way, we'd gone the other way. It was pretty much towards the end of the lesson. Everything was fine. And all of a sudden, I came round into the jump again don't think anything had changed about the jump. It is several years ago now. I think I was just coming into the jump for either the last time or the next to the last time. We were just trying to get everything to click, you know, striding and pace and rhythm and so on and so forth. And my horse refused in such a way that I fell off I narrowly missed the fence that surrounded the school and I landed on my back and I landed with a big thud and it winded me and if that's ever happened to you it can feel quite unpleasant and my back was okay I wasn't no bones broken or anything like that but I was in quite a bit of pain for a long time I wore support for quite a long time. Now That made me really think about the horse that I was riding because lovely as he was, cute as he was, he could put in a nasty little stop and it didn't make me sell him at that point but it certainly was a wake-up call and it certainly made me think, is this a horse that I want to show jump with? And so uh, you might have come across something like that. I've also come across a client who had an accident in Holt. And she was on her horse, very well-behaved horse. She's a very experienced rider. And she came off her horse in Holt. And I've done this myself, actually. I've I've turned around. I've been in halt. I've been chatting to somebody. I've turned around to them and slid off somehow and ended up in a heap, usually a giggling heap, and wondered, how on earth did I get down here? And it was almost like that for her, She, except there was nobody else around. So how she fell off, she can't remember. And she did break a couple of bones. And it did mean that she was away from work. And what was 
kind of like the the clincher for her that made her believe that this came from her mind and not from riding ability or the horse or anything else, but that her mind had done this was because she was at work and work had become hugely stressful. I mean, 10 times more stressful than ever before. And having these broken bones meant that she couldn't go into work. And she is absolutely convinced that that was what happened to her. So controversial as these might seem, they are quite interesting to think about and to wonder whether or not it's your mind that has created some kind of accident or your mind has created a physiological issue as part of helping you to turn a corner, see things differently, stop you or block you from doing something. I'd be really interested to hear what you have to think about that because it is highly, highly controversial and you can believe it a little, not at all, or you can believe it a lot. So let me know what you think. I just wanted to add on the end here a shameful or shameless little plug for an NLP day that I'm doing for equestrians. So if you're interested, it's all on Zoom, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's recorded, so if you can't make it or you can only make part of the day, then you can catch up with the recording. It's accredited by the British Horse Society, so if you are an accredited coach, then it's worth four CPD points. But if you're not uh, an accredited professional coach, doesn't matter. You only need to be a rider who's interested in the mind. So I'm going to go through an intro into NLP for riders. It starts at 10 a.m. UK time and finishes at 4 p.m. And the early bird pricing finishes on the 15th of October. So if you would like to do it, head off to my website. I will put a link in the box below. It would be great to see you. You'll learn some nice little bits of NLP and a couple of techniques to help you or to help the riders that you support or teach. Thanks ever so much for listening. Take care and I'll see you again very soon.